This is episode 19 of Crafting Short Stories, the last episode of season one. Have you ever heard a story in reverse? How about a movie? Have you ever watched a movie mystery like The Usual Suspects, in which the characters perform certain behaviors, and you must follow the whole story to understand the sequence and the motivations? This is a dystopian story called The Locket, and it was published in July of 2021. It's in three parts. Part one. It wasn't supposed to happen like this. That was the last thought entering Dawn's mind as her shocked eyes pulled away from the rearview mirror. In the reflection, she could see the slow pool of blood flowing out from her sister's abdomen. Liz was crumpled in an unmoving heap on the ground 15 yards behind her. That was as far as Liz had gotten before the robots fired lasers at her fleeing the vehicle. Liz was dead for certain. Dawn knew this already in her shattered heart. The shadows of drones flew overhead, targeting her renegade F-390 truck. Her eyes darted to the glove compartment briefly and then drew back to the gathering robot border patrol guards. Dawn thought of the only weapon she had, an ancient Colt 1911 that had belonged to her father before he was euthanized by the People's Republic in 2064. This was 17 years prior to this moment. Her dad had been euthanized at 50 years old to fertilize soil for the Republic crops, euthanized by state mandate like all the other 50-year-olds that surrendered their bodies for the greater good, for state survival, it was necessary. The laser sights flickered briefly to show the robots were onto her movements, armed and deadly. Dawn swallowed harshly. A brief text appeared before her. You know what to do, scrolled the incoming message left to right above her briefly on the digital windshield. There was another pause as she considered the weight of the silver heart locket on her heaving chest. You know what to do. The message repeated only this time. It was followed by a slight command strong enough to stop her beating heart. Remember your family back in Tejana. A solitary tear fell down Dawn's right cheek as she continued to stare at the border crossing, now filled with reinforcing robotic sentries. No more messages appeared. Dawn reached quickly for the heart-shaped locket with her left hand. The laser lights flickered again, and four robots forcefully came forward. Halt, they ordered. You are in violation of Ordinance 517. She thumbed open the tiny clasp on the locket. Her eyes were glued to the robots coming forward, now fast approaching the vehicle. And she felt the small pill fall into her cupped hand. She remembered what the cartel man had told her. You can't allow yourself to be captured. If you do fall into their hands, you will wish you were dead anyways. They'll never let you go. Slavery, prison, fertilizer, worse. You know what to do. The robots slammed their fists into the hood of her car. Dawn closed her eyes and brought the little pill to her mouth. Then she swallowed it down. Cyanide. He had said it was cyanide. It will be quick, he had said, as he had handed her the lockets and walked away from her little brother's graveyard in Tejana. The brother that was executed by the same cartel. He had gotten in over his head with the wrong sort of people. Minutes later, robots yanked open the locket, locked driver's side door of the truck, and Dawn's limp, lifeless body fell in a crumpled up heap onto the dry, parched desert ground. When her head hit the ground, her soulless eyes stared toward her sister, and a sort of bluish foam pooled out from Dawn's breathless lips. Part 2 One week prior, Dawn was heading out the hatch door of her apartment flat in Dros. She was going to be late for work if she didn't hurry. She activated her truck from her watch and, wa and noticed an emergency alert intercept from her older sister Liz. 
Liz, the wise and strategic one who had married into wealth and fortune despite her upbringing, despite the days of their youth trudging illegally across the desert west wasteland between Droz and Teana to reach the promised land. Days without food and barely any water, days they survived by each holding tight to the hands of their father who kept the little girls safe, alive, and kept them going. Droz, or rather the People's Republic of Droz, Established in 2036 after the nuclear wars and eventual climate change desertif desertification of three-fourths of, three of the Earth's topsoil, depletion of the freshwater sources, and finally death, destruction, plague, and general famine of the Great Eradication of 2041 through 2043. It took three years for nearly seven billion people to be wiped off the planet. Gone. Droz had survived, and so had the badlands of Teana south of Droz through the searing hot desert. Anything goes in Teana, so they say. It was the wild, wild west of drugs, prostitution, murder, mayhem, black market deals, and so on. Teana fueled the abundance of Droz, and Droz, for its part, drove the decisions of the overlords of Teana. Droz. The People's Republic of Droz, on the other hand, was a model of thinly veiled democracy underlined by totalitarian extremism. There were no families, so to speak, in droves, not according to the state. Bio-parents birthed children who were sent immediately to boarding schools of advanced technology, science, and medicine. Rules were strictly enforced. Slavery and debtor prisons were re reintroduced. From the age of 10, all were expected to work together for the greater good of survival, and all were expected to help the crop cultivation and soil water conservation through all means necessary. All means necessary. It was a harsh reality, but one much better than life in Teana. Dawn knew this, so she grew up to service the plant industry, cultivating seeds and lab work. She was a hard worker, like her father. Liz, on the other hand, due to beauty and charm, caught the attention of one of the higher class. She was not completely like Dawn, a proletariat citizen. Dawn checked the message. Liz seemed upset, which was rarely her outright nature, given that she was quite guarded emotionally. John has... I'm sorry to say this, Dawn. John has passed away. There was a pause on the line. Mom, she wants us to come home, to come back to Teana to the funeral, and to see the family. The funeral is Wednesday. Another pause on the line followed. He was executed by gunshot, bullet to the head. I've decided to go, to go back. I know it's dangerous. I know this already. I'm going anyways. It's been years. We need to be there for Mom and the others. Liz sighed. Dawn, I want you to come with me. I need you to come with me. Part 3 She could see them from the graveside, the men in black. Everyone was dressed in black at the funeral, but they stood out from the rest, these men that had murdered her brother. They had pulled up their entourage of vehicles 100 yards away from the little service among the crowded tombstones of the clustered graveyard. The preacher gave a brief sermon. Others cried tears of hardship and loss, feeling the injustice of a life taken violently and too soon. But Don watched the men quietly. They eventually approached. They offered their condolences to the grieving mother and family. Don and Liz looked cautiously at each other as the leader of the group motioned them to follow him to a more distant spot to converse. Knowing this was Teana, knowing the way of life here, they reluctantly followed. The others from the family were leaving group by group back to their little homes and little lives in the barren, crowded wasteland slums of Teana. My condolences to you for the loss of your brother, he offered in feigned respect. We have concerns regarding the situation, your brother's allegiance and fealty to our operations. 
Dawn felt a rising anger inside herself that she knew not to expose. Without missing a step, the two women fell in line with the overlord's assistant. He walked away in silence and then turned abruptly. Our needs have not been met yet, he said deliberately, cocking his head to one side. When you return to Droz, you will be required to carry something onward for us. A gift for the magistrate, a package. Do you understand? The women said nothing. Consider your brother's debt to the organization cleared when and if you cross the border successfully, he stated. He continued to walk and they followed. This package will come to you, he said in a low voice as he motioned to one of his bodyguards pulling, holding an assault rifle near the vehicles. Then he smiled. You will deliver. Your family here will be counting on you. Understood? It's simple, really. Just deliver the item. If, however, you face opposition, his voice trailed, we will need you to wear these. He gave the women each a silver-plated locket. There will be no compromising of the course of action. Come, follow me, and we will discuss in more detail. He motioned once again to his men. Liz and Don continued to listen care quite carefully, as was to be expected in a violent, notoriously black marketplace like Teana. A few days later, the package arrived at their mother's house. Shortly afterwards, the two said their goodbyes and made their way with the package to the border of Droz. Both women had a deeply unsettling feeling of fear, but they did exactly as they were told. They just didn't anticipate what would soon occur. The package was hidden carefully in the truck undercarriage, but it was not secret enough to avoid exposure to the vehicle imaging scans of those silent, deadly drones overhead. This concludes Season 1, Episode 19 of Crafting Short Stories. If you have gotten this far in the series, thanks for listening, and I hope your projects, whatever hobbies you're working on, or things that you're building or fixing, I hope they're going quite well. Thank you for listening to Series 1 of Crafting Short Stories.